Tale of the Bookworm Who Hated English Class. I hated English classes. There it is. The truth I carried for years, always careful to whom I bore this shame, because I knew not everyone understood. I played by the rules for every other class, memorising facts to spew for biology and working on equation after equation for math until I knew what was expected of me. Yet it was always English class that stumped me. No matter how closely I read the text or listened to teachers' ramblings of how great an author was, I could never quite fit into English classes with my white peers' ease. No matter how much I read or how great my love of reading was, I never felt comfortable in these classes. I dreaded reading aloud because I felt as if I were constantly performing. Never just a student learning in class, but some caged animal on stage entertaining the masses for its freedom. I wrote in run-on sentences and could never be articulate enough. To be too articulate was to make a show of oneself as one of the few people of colour in English class. Yet to be less articulate than my white peers was to provide white supremacists with a perfect basis. An example of why black people could never meet Western standards of intelligence. Measured in one's skin tone, accent and knowledge of all things pertaining to the Western world. I now mourn for the girl forced to play adult because she knew the weight of white people's perceptions of the person she was. I sat with a straight back, not because I had confidence, but because I knew to never show I did not believe in myself as it would give my white peers and teacher reason to doubt both myself and intelligence. My hand, for instance, was always the first to shoot up, not because I had a first for knowledge, but because I knew I had to always be the very best to prove my race was not a threat or weakness. Like many English classes across the world, we read texts that were peppered with the N-word. It was simply not enough for black people to be erased in the author's worlds, but we had to be insulted in the classroom too. I always noticed how most English teachers would pretend they could read every other part of the book but that word. Rather than explore all the reasons why this justified examining the author's morals, we pretended to live in a bubble untouched by race. I guess this bubble would have been far more believable had I not been in the class. I was a bookworm, so logically I should have thrived in English classes, but I was a black, queer, Muslim bookworm. Therefore I could not love a text written by someone who hated those like me. How does one put into words the ugly feeling of holding a novel in your hands you know the writer wrote never intending for someone like you to read? How does one articulate the feeling of loss that comes with splitting yourself into different sections? I existed in a split state, trapped in these classes where I felt my Americanness questioned because I did not meet the cis-het white standard of being American. I was not the type of person that typically came to mind when thinking of the everyday American. My parents were black immigrants, and I, a first-generation American, but I still claimed my parents' African country as my own. My inability to be one thing called my Americanness into question, and therefore the part of my identity that gave me more protection. To be American in English class was to be given respect. To be considered someone who possessed the potential to master the English language. For the white Americans in English class, any mistake they made was attributed to their character rather than identity. They were unspokenly given the title of being from an English-speaking country, such as the British students. The only difference between they and others like me with immigrant parents from countries colonised by the British was they were from the right English-speaking countries. The kind where no one questioned your intelligence because you spoke with a non-Western accent or were not white. Those were the unspoken divides in our classroom that went beyond race. The racist microaggressions that came from seeing students of colour as capable or incapable depending on their accent. I had no knowledge of the pop references made at times because I grew up in an African household where I could recite the list of Nollywood movies I had seen better than Beatles or Bob Dylan songs. I was being pulled in two different directions. Part of me wanted to abandon the need to be the perfect, non-threatening, marginalised person, while the other part of me was hyper-aware of how this fake person had protected me.
The silent, friendly black girl in English classes who did not threaten the order of things was not branded a social justice warrior, or more ironically, opinionated. She was pleasant, only pointing out neutral things like thematic nature elements, making generalised and unoffending points about class occasionally. Although I enjoyed not having this responsibility to educate everyone, I never got to say what I really thought. I presumed before writing this that my shame stemmed from being in those English classes, feeling I was trapped in a glass box on stage where everyone could see but not hear me. Now I realised my shame was having to carefully separate myself over and over again, because I knew speaking as myself and not the carefully split versions of myself would make me a sight to behold when I was not ready to be seen. Having others stare at you means you must be unshakably assured of who you are. But I have been stared at all my life. For being a black bookworm, Muslim, a woman, African, and for so many more reasons. I have enjoyed walking down streets knowing that for some it may be the first time they see someone who looks like me. But I have done it because I have accepted that whilst my existence is normal to me, to others it is something to gape at and behold. Yet I continued before. Unsure who I was, but knowing who it is I wanted to be, and who I was not. I was not a soothing balm created so my white peers would feel better about how racist they were. Nor was I a prop to be used for colour or diversity in someone else's life. I am, and have always been, as I am. Possessing a complex identity in a world that does not acknowledge that we are more than just one thing. Therefore I accept and announce now that I am a writer who hated English classes, though my love of books is great. Were I now to be asked of my greatest wish, my answer would be simple. I wish to define who I am for myself. That is my greatest desire. Because though I wish for many things, I know that I need to live and eventually die as no one but myself. I desire the labels of sister, daughter, friend and lover to not be the only things that define the person I am, but to be trees alongside the mountain that is the person I am.